0: Welcome to the regular meeting of the Town of Blacksburg Planning Commission. Regular meetings of the Planning Commission are held on the first Tuesdays of every month at 6.30 p.m. in the Roger Hedgepath Chambers of the Blacksburg Municipal Building at 300 South Main Street in Blacksburg. Citizens may address the Planning Commission during specified times on the agenda and are requested to adhere to the following. (laughs) Speak at the podium, state your name and address, direct comments only to the Commission, Please limit your speaking time to a maximum of three minutes and speak only once during the <clears throat> specific hearing or comment period. A wireless microphone is available to anyone requesting assistance. Please silence your cell phones, show respect for all speakers, and allow all opinions to be expressed in a tolerant atmosphere. We'll start with a roll call. Mr. Ford? Here. Mr. Irvine? Here. Ms. Jones? Here. Mr. Kasoff's not here. Ms. Reinhardt? Here. Ms. Walker? Here. Mr. Watson? Present. And I am here we have a quorum okay first item on the agenda is the consent agenda we have four items um, each an action to schedule a public hearing Um, well the first three to schedule a public hearing for May 2nd and the last to cancel the public hearing for May 2nd um, so that's CUP twenty-three zero zero three conditional use permit for a hotel use, um, an additional height at the downtown commercial DC zoning district at five hundred one South Main Street, um, and that wants to schedule the public hearing. Uh, special exception twenty-three zero zero one uh, request for parking in front of the building line at twelve eighty four North Main Street. Again, schedule a public hearing for May second. Um, a subdivision, a major subdivision. Um, Um, 23001 um, for 51 lots on um, 36 acres at 2150 progress street northwest and again schedule a public hearing for may 2nd and then the one that is canceled will be rescheduled for june 6th and that is rezoning 23001 ordinance uh 2014 request to rezone 0.816 acres of land from uh, dc down or downtown commercial to planned residential at 208 turner street is there a motion
1: i move approval of the consent agenda as presented second
0: all those in favor aye
1: aye, aye.
0: all those opposed None. all right so we'll move to public hearings. First uh, um, agenda item under public hearings is CUP 23002, request to combine previously approved conditional use permits at Kent Square at 202 and um, 250 South Main Street to increase the maximum allowed ground floor medical and general office square footage in the downtown commercial zoning district by Kent Square LLC. We'll start with a staff presentation.
2: Good evening. This is CUP 23002, Medical and General Office on the ground floor in downtown commercial. The applicant owner, Kent Square LLC, is Doug Stewart and Jeffrey Price. The agent, Braxton Cox, local studio architect and design. The location is 202 and 250 South Main Street, Kent Square and Kent Square North. The parcel size combined is just a little over one acre in size. The zoning in future downtown land use is downtown commercial. This is a request for office on the ground floor and these requests are automatically expedited. The town council public hearing will be one week from tonight after the planning commission public hearing, which will be on uh, April 11th, 2023 and staff will update the council on the planning commission's recommendation. This is a request to combine previously approved conditions permits for office on the ground floor. There were previously six of them. This will maintain the maximum of 55% of the ground floor along South Main Street to be allowed for medical and general office. And then we'll also continue to allow ground floor along Lee and Washington Street Southwest to have medical and general office. This is the location of the block along the southwest side of South Main Street between Lee Street Southwest and Washington Street Southwest. The current zoning is downtown commercial. And the future land use is also downtown commercial. This is the Eagle view from the corner of South main street and Washington street Southwest Uh, shows the Kent street uh, development buildings. And in the middle it shows the Kent Kent square parking. This is the street view from the corner of South main street and Washington street Southwest. And then we also have the opposite corner of the street view from corner South Main Street and Lee Street Southwest. There's 18,769 square feet of commercial space on the ground floor in Kent Square development. 40% is commercially rented out uh, to non office use. 40% is not rented, uh, which includes the vacant Osmos and Omodir spaces. And then 20% is currently office on the ground floor, which includes the Point West Management and the Thompson uh, Dentist Facility. For downtown commercial, often multiple story buildings all with the mixed up uses within the building, uh, active pedestrian oriented uses on the ground floor with office and residential and second floors and above, and general medical office are allowed by right on all floors uh, in the downtown commercial except for the ground floor. Uh, the district is intended for predominantly pedestrian activities. Uh, this is a depiction um, showing where the ground floor frontages along South Main Street are located. And then it also shows your Kent Square development on the ground floor, the vacant number three and four, uh, and also the dentistry office on uh, number two along Lee Street. Uh, Eleven here is the existing uh, multi-story parking garage. The zoning ordinance has definitions uh, for general office use and medical office use, as listed here, which is also included in your staff report. For the consideration of appropriateness on the ground floor office is a number of things that we look at. It's evaluated per location, vacancies, site design, size, and potential impacts on allowing office, and some other criteria to consider the size of the space requested, street visibility, length of vacancy of spaces, street orientation, pedestrian access and traffic, and then the t- context within the overall development and context within downtown. For pedestrian access and traffic, Frontage on South Main Street uh, is a high pedestrian traffic area and it's also a slower speed of traffic along South Main Street And different office uses generate different levels of traffic the length of vacancy Office lease space is an opportunity to feel Underutilized commercial space downtown and can have a positive impact on the mix of uses uh, The former Starbucks location uh, to, has been vacant uh, since 2018 and there are two office vacancies the former Osmos and Madeira along the uh, Along washington street southwest Uh, context with development in downtown Uh, southern end of downtown may see an increased traffic with the midtown construction other condition use permits approved in downtown majority are on side streets or at the ends of downtown and the number of use permits requests at this location six do it does reflect the greater viability of office uses versus the viability of commercial uses in a specific location When we evaluate a conditioning permit for ground floor and downtown commercial, we do look for performance to the comprehensive plan or the specific elements of the plan and to the official town policies adopted in relation thereto, including the purposes of the zoning ordinance, and then the adherence to minimum adverse impacts on the surrounding neighborhood or community. And if there are impacts, can those impacts be mitigated? Uh, for this particular conditioning permit, no adverse adverse impacts are anticipated due to traffic, parking, external lights noise, dust, drainage, water quality, air quality, order, odor, fumes, and vibrations. At the Planning Commission uh, work session, there was concern expressed about potential medical office along South Main Street uh, and the medical office then being allowed to cover their windows. Uh, The owners accepted removing the exemption for medical office window coverings, which is conditional number two. Uh, And then the Planning Commission will need to make a determination on keeping or removal of the last portion of condition number three C that medical uses is excluded from the more visible two corner street spaces uh, along South Main Street at Lee Street and then also Washington Street. And the staff is recommending four conditions. The first condition is the property shall be used to maintain in substantial conformance with the application date of February 1st, 2023. The second condition is that the storefront windows along South Main Street, Lee Street Southwest, and Washington Street Southwest shall be maintained in a manner consistent with the commercial retail appearance. Storefront windows shall remain transparent, uh, striking the except for medical office uses so that passer buyers can see into the lease space. But They may contain displays, provided that not more than 10% of the total windows area are for tenant lease space uh, is obscured. Um, condition number three, general office and medical use Office uses are allowed in 3A for all tenant spaces fronting and with access from Lee Street, Southwest on the ground floor of Kent Square North. Uh, Condition 3B for all tenant spaces fronting with access from Washington Street Southwest on the ground floor of Kent Square. And condition 3C for up to 55%, 5,422 square feet of the total ground floor area rentable area, 9,859 square feet with frontage on South Main Street and Kent Square North and Kent Square, uh, with the exception that medical office is not allowed in the two visible corner street spaces at South Main Street and Lee Street Southwest and South Main Street, Washington Street Southwest. And the last condition I recommended is this resolution supersedes all previous resolutions, which are six of them for general and or medical office use on the ground floor for Kent Square and Kent Square North. And in summary, this condition permit uh, does combine previously approved six condition permits for offices on the ground floor. It does maintain the maximum limit of 55% of ground floor along South Main Street to be medical and general office. And then it does continue to allow ground floor along the side streets of Lee and Washington Streets uh, Southwest to have medical and general office. Uh, With that, that concludes the staff presentation.
0: Is there an applicant presentation? No? Always here but you don't do you have anything you want to say no okay sounds good is there any public comment okay Um, the no applicant rebuttal do we have a motion
2: I move Planning Commission recommend approval of CUP 23-0002 Uh, With conditions as presented by staff um, and including for clarity for 3c um, To not allow medical use in the corner units second
0: Any discussion Okay, well, I'll just say that I'm glad to add flexibility to this space downtown and and we've done this number of times so far And I feel each time it's turned out very well. So that's good news. Anything else? All right, we'll have a vote. All those in favor of the motion? Aye. Uh, Aye. All those opposed? None. All right, move to the next item. Um, The next item is Zoning Ordinance uh, Amendment 47 um, to update the Accessory Apartment Program and add detached accessory apartments. We'll begin with a staff presentation.
1: So this is zoning ordinance amendment 47, looking at accessory apartments. Um, We've talked at your work sessions, but just to give everyone just a brief history of accessory apartments. We do have them in town. We have older legal non-conforming ones from the 19's and 60's and 70's that were encouraged at a time of growth during Virginia Tech. In 2017, we added that use back in. They were permitted in the 60's and 70's, then removed from the code, and then we put them back in in 2017 with the goal of trying to add different housing options for residents so they could live in town we created an actual program there's an accessory apartment permit program and it allows attached or interior units only Um, we kind of deliberately did that we thought let's start smaller let's see how the ones where you may convert your basement or something of that nature work before expanding to allow detached uh, apartments such as like over a garage The zoning districts that it's allowed is R4, RR1, and RR2. We really haven't seen a lot of uptick in interest since 2017 when we created the program. We're not entirely sure of all the reasons, but we don't know how many people are aware of the program. There's cost whether you are renovating your home or building a freestanding unit. If there's a cost associated with that, it could be people were interested in a detached unit when only attached units were allowed. They may already have one. Uh, They may be interested in the homestay program instead, and you cannot mix and match those programs. You can do the homestay or short-term rental program, or you can do the accessory apartment program. Most of the interest we have seen anecdotally is people who are interested in using the accessory apartment program to get a dwelling unit, but not intending to provide it as year-round housing, but to use it for short-term rentals. So what kind of what's in this amendment, uh, the biggest change is now to allow detached units. Again, a garage apartment's a great example, although it wouldn't have to be over a garage. It could be its own freestanding unit. And when we add that use in, we need to have standards. So we are adding standards for those detached units and just updating the program generally. What have we learned since 2017 about wording, clarity, what works, what doesn't. So also part of an amendment is who reviews it we do have a subcommittee of this planning commission that is the zoning ordinance review committee they spent considerable time going through all the provisions to bring it then to planning commission you discussed it at your work session and your thoughts and the zoning ordinance review committee recommendations are included in ordinance 2022 many of the key program components are retained it must be an owner occupied uh, parcel for you to have this type of use the owner can live in the main unit or in the accessory apartment but it does require owner occupancy you do have to go through and register before starting the use it has an annual renewal it has a deed restriction that has to be recorded and you cannot use it for the short-term rental or homestay program so some of the changes we're making are in section 1270 the zoning ordinance that's really the process piece of it um, and we're adding some clarity on the program itself clarifying that it is a program intended for detached single family only one accessory apartment per lot or parcel we are changing to allow it on non-conforming lots so your lot doesn't necessarily have to meet the minimum lot size for your zoning district we also needed to clarify the relationship of can you have an accessory apartment if you're in a planned residential zoning district renting only by the unit not by the bedroom and that these are intended for units constructed to be part of the accessory apartment program and provide um, more permanent housing, not again, short-term rentals. So when dealing with attached units, most of our standards defaulted to the underlying zoning district. And for the most part, that remains true for the attached units. We are doing a little updating and we of course needed to add standards now that we're adding detached units. And the standards include things about size, Proportionality, location on the lot, height, setbacks, and keeping residential character. So, most of those types of standards are located in the use and design standards, that's section 4201. And we sorted them by standards that apply to both, whether it's an interior or exterior, attached, detached, apply to both. Standards that apply only to an attached unit, standards that apply only to a detached unit. Some of the ones that apply to everything, it's just good to remember it is a full second dwelling unit. And because of that, we want to make sure it is in keeping with the character of a single family neighborhood. We've had a lot of discussion. It is an accessory unit and how far is still accessory. It needs to be integrated into or with the primary unit. There's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, Some examples are roofline, window patterning, exterior materials, color. But We want people to be thoughtful in how they do those. The size of the units is changing. The current maximum is 800 square feet. There are communities that have a smaller maximum, 500, 600, 650, but there are some communities that allow larger ones at 1,000 or even up to 1,200 square feet. (laughs) Again, we're still wrestling with the keeping them accessory. The new proposed maximum is 1,000 square feet. And I think there will be examples where it is, is very much accessory, it's similar. It is also possible that it could be, if you have a particularly small home, your accessory unit could be larger. But that is an absolute maximum of 1,000 square feet. Uh, there's also a relationship to the primary structure. And we wanted to give some clarity on floor area ratio, which is one of the standards in the residential districts. It does apply to an attached unit or internal unit because you're adding to the mass and size of the primary structure so we want to keep governing that it does not count in the calculation if it is detached because it's not making that large structure larger in terms of location for a detached unit it needs to be behind the front building line of the primary structure it can only occupy 30% of the back and side yards and the overall lot coverage standard in districts still applies at your work session we talked about a couple of examples this is a house in airport acres and we were just trying to show some proportionality and lot size Uh, this the home is about thirteen hundred square feet uh, and this is a nine hundred and fifty square feet accessory apartment in the back that's the orange square we also uh, took one on quail drive that's a larger lot size of thirteen thousand four hundred the existing home is about twenty two hundred uh and the ADU would be that maximum of a thousand. We also in your staff report tried to kind of put what applies in a chart just to summarize it for you uh, in terms of what applies, what factors are being used and what applies to attached and detached. I think the usefulness of this is that multiple things are working together to control the size and proportionality so it's the size of the unit but it's also how much of the backyard the floor area ratio the lot coverage the setbacks in terms of height we've added a standard for height uh, charlottesville has a nice guide we were looking at that for some uh... ideas and direction they do a twenty five foot height limit Uh, there was discussion at zoning ordinance review that that didn't give quite enough flexibility so what came from zoning ordinance review committee was a maximum of 28 feet but limiting it to 20 feet at the eaves of the building at that setback line Uh, we also provided some clarity on how that would be measured setbacks are seven and a half feet for the side and the rear some communities have gone lower to like five feet but we do have some concerns about trying to keep public utility easements free of structures. Uh, we also wanted to look at limitations on locations of decks or patios that are serving the accessory unit, but we want to kind of protect the neighbors from that. Um, the wording, we have uh, thought about some different ideas and I frankly haven't come up with anything better than the thought we discussed at work session, which is if you're looking at a detached accessory unit, if you look at the four sides, three of them will face other people's property. One of them will face your own home. So if you want to have a deck or a patio, put it on of those three sides you have, put it on the one that's the furthest away from the neighbor. So you can't put it on the two closest property lines. And I think most people, as we've talked about, they're not likely to put it in the middle of their yard. They'll put it on one of the corners and it's those two tighter corners that we'd like you to not put that outdoor activity next to your neighbor. Some of the other standards, we wrestled with parking in 2017 when we put this use back in the zoning ordinance. We determined that we were not going to require parking for accessory units. You can add it if you want to, uh, but it is not required for it and that is not changing. Occupancy, which is a, a, a challenging standard. We talked about and researched some more flexible occupancy standards and ultimately are recommending retaining the existing standard. We already struggle with enforcement, and I think we need to keep consistency. Um, So the way that works is there is an occupancy standard for the district, and it will be cumulative between the main structure and the accessory apartment. That's typically a family plus two unrelated people, or not more than three unrelated people. We also tried to encourage universal design when we put this in in 2017, thinking about uh, aging in place, or you may want to have relatives come live with you that may have uh, maybe mobility impaired or or have other issues. Um, The wording was difficult to enforce and to apply. And particularly now that we're adding detached units, if you're doing an apartment over the garage, it's not going to have an accessible entrance. You're going to have to go up steps to get to it. So um, what we wanted to keep that thought in, we really want to encourage people to do that. Uh, I think it makes it, uh, a unit that is usable for more people and you never know how your life is going to change or what a future owner of the home might want so we have left it in but just tried to encourage people to think about that if you're designing a unit uh, we also want to work more on implementation of this particular zoning ordinance amendment the charlottesville guide is a really useful way to approach the community to make it easier i think in some ways it's rather daunting so you could want to do it but not quite know where to start Um, so we're going to use the charlottesville guide as a model again kind of you know fine-tune it for blacksburg but we'd like to have a similar outreach document i think the other one we talked about is uh, city of raleigh has a really great website and they actually did a design competition for different uh, model sizes and styles to, again, to make it easier if someone does want to do it. We did hold a public input meeting on this, which we do for all zoning ordinance amendments. We had one uh, attendee, which we were very grateful came. I think he felt a little self-conscious being the only one there, but it was interesting. He had been interested in a detached unit, uh, not an attached unit. So we were able to, to kind of talk through what some of the possibilities were for that. So what's before you tonight is the Zoning Ordinance Amendment and Ordinance 2022 as revised. I apologize I don't have a printed copy of a revised ordinance, but I did send you an email with the four clarifications, and most of those really were just clarifications. Uh, We were missing a reference to the R4 district. That needs to be added. Uh, A little bit of additional wording for the Planned Residential District. I wanted to be more clear that for a planned residential district that allows accessory apartments like the Berwick rezoning. It's allowed throughout the district. It's not for a particular lot, even though that's how it will come to us for a particular lot, but it's approved as a use uh, for the district as a whole. Um, We also needed to add a companion statement about the applicability of floor area ratio for attached units. We had put it in detached, but it needed to have a mirroring statement in uh, attached uh, and then we had discussed that we were going to regulate by gross floor area, not by the footprint of the main structure. So we struck that per your discussion at planning commission work session, and that concludes my remarks. But I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have.
0: Anyone have questions for Ann? Okay. So we'll move to public comment. Does anyone in the public have comment on on this zoning ordinance amendment? Please come forward and um, remember to state your name um, and address and limit your comments to three minutes.
2: Hi, my name is Thomas Hazard. I live at uh, 600 Appalachian Drive, apartment one. And I just uh, was looking for a little bit of clarification. Uh, You mentioned that short-term rental is not allowed. I was wondering if you could define how long short-term rental
1: it's a separate program and it's typically more the what you think of for airbnb or a vrbo we just call it a homestay program and it's just indicating that there are two separate programs Um, you have to be an owner occupied to use either program but what we're trying to say is is if you want an accessory apartment it needs to be for providing year-round housing not just um, uh, short-term rentals like football weekends. That's a separate program. Uh, it's on the town website as well. And it has a limitation of how many times you can do it in a year. Um, so there's two different types of rentals, whether it's uh, part of the house or the whole house. Um, and then there's a limit, which is I think is 30 days. Um, it covers, for most people, it covers football weekends, graduation, orientation, things like that but happy to give you that town code reference if you want to learn more about uh, short-term rentals. Great,
2: thank you so much.
0: Any others for public comment? Okay, moving on. Uh, Do we have a motion on this one?
2: I move Planning Commission recommend approval of ZOA number 47 and ordinance number 2022. Um, as revised by staff in their presentation. Second.
0: Any discussion? We have a quiet group tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm very excited for this next iteration of our accessory dwelling unit program and uh, look forward to more. Um, okay, so we're ready to vote. All those in favor?
1: Aye.
2: Aye.
0: All those opposed? None. All right. Moving on to general citizen comment, um, does anyone in the public have any comments generally for the commission on any sort of planning land use topics? Okay, no comments from the public tonight. Um, moving on to unfinished business, the zoning ordinance review committee. Oh, we did that.
2: Okay, <laughs> congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yes. Um, historic or design review board Uh, we met uh, a couple of weeks ago there were two topics that came up uh, a roof replacement and some signage on a couple of different parcels on East Roanoke Street that were approved and we meet again on this coming Monday about Montgomery County Planning Commission
2: Andy was March (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh no okay well Andy has we'll hold COVID, him up to it next so we'll time. Just wait on that one
1: makes me think
0: uh, I don't think he's feeling poorly I think he's like recovered but still testing positive um okay and uh, any additional items from planning commissioners
1: I just want to say that if there are folks here at the meeting for whom it is your first planning commission public hearing uh this is atypical i saw i saw some of you being like wow is this how fast this usually goes not necessarily (laughs) i thought i'd throw that out there oh yeah that's
0: that's a very good point um okay regarding new business chair's report oh that's me and i'm the vice chair and andy is not here i have no report i i don't know if he did he didn't say anything so we'll move on um planning director's report
1: Just thank you for getting back to us on the training on the 20th for those of you who can make it. We'll also reach out. We can do carpooling if you'd like, but thank you guys for getting back to us on that. And do you know if there's gonna be any recording of that session for those of us who can? I do not believe so. Where is it again? It'll be at the Montgomery County Government Center. That's it. All right, Town Council report? Nothing. Okay, well then I think we're
0: finished. We'll adjourn.